hear me now? Hello. Good morning. Good morning. I'll just talk without it. Let me go to a taller microphone. Good morning, everybody. Hey, no offense, Miss Lori. It's not much taller for me, but it is taller. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Merge. This is Kurt. I'm Pastor Kurt. Great to see every single one of you here today. Uh, come on in, everybody out in the lobby, all of you that are joining us online today. Thanks for joining us. Hey, for those of you that are joining us online, just want to let you know, we don't really address you guys online, so I'm sorry. Would love to see you come in and be here in person, uh, but we do post it just for you guys. And um, this is going to be a great day today, a time of worship, a time of getting together, and um, we'll have some other announcements later. Uh, Ben's going to come up and talk to us after worship, but just want to welcome you all in. Feel free to stand up. Lori and Rob will take over. Thank you. Good morning. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. Short or tall, we accept everyone. <laughs> you guys stand. We're going to worship with, we're going to have you worship with us this morning. <laughs> Let's just pray. God, thank you so much for this day. God, thank you that you're worthy of our praise, Father. And we just pray to give it all to you this morning, God. We just lay down anything that would hinder us, God. And we just pray that you would tear down any walls between us. And we just thank you for your love, Father. Thank you that we know your spirit's here. And I pray that every person in this room would feel it. In Jesus' name, amen. Come, let us worship our King. Come, let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. See what a Savior has done. See how His love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquer the grave. You free every captive and break every chain, oh God. You have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awaken the light. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high, oh God. You have done great things. You've been faithful through every storm. You'll be faithful forevermore. You have done great things. And I know you will do it again. For your promise is yes and amen. You will do great things. God, you do great things, yeah. Oh, hero, oh, hero of heaven, you conquer the grave. You free every captive and break every chain, oh, God. You have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awaken the light. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high, oh, God. You have done great things. Hallelujah, God, above it all. And hallelujah, God, 
unshakable and hallelujah you have done great things and hallelujah God above it all and hallelujah God unshakable and hallelujah you have done great things you have done great things Oh, hero of heaven, you conquer the grave. You free every captive and break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh, God, you have done great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquer the grave. You free every captive and break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh, God. You have done great things. Amen. You guys believe that this morning? I know sometimes it's hard to believe with everything going on. Um, I'm sorry if you guys, some of you probably saw my Facebook post, so if it's a repeat to you, I apologize. But um, I know I've been talking to you guys a lot about um, just what's going on with me and God pulling me up out of this hole that I want to crawl in because the world around us is just so hard. Um, and I read in Revelation this week, um, and it's a verse that we've probably all heard before about God's warning us about the world. And he says, because of wickedness, that people's love will grow cold. And um, I always took that to mean like wicked people, they don't know how to love. But it hit me when I read it this week that maybe God was warning us as Christians that maybe the world's going to get us so down um, that it will be hard. It will be hard, and maybe we'll just stop caring. Like, it's easier to just stop caring. Um, and I just, I read something this week that kind of lit a fire under me. Um, somebody was talking about a, a little boy who came to her house and was basically trying to get her kids to stay outside and her husband to go in and she thought they were maybe traffickers and somebody asked him like can we help can we It's so, it's so hard. I know it's not just hard on me. It's hard on everybody. Um, so I just want us to remember, and I'm talking probably to especially myself because I'm a glass always full kind of person and find the beauty in everything, and it's hard right now to do that. So uh, I'm reminding us all and myself mostly, I think probably, that our God is still great. Um, he still does great things. He, he still has a plan. He's still working, even when we can't see it. And he wants to work through us 
Like, he wants to use us. Like, you know, God put us here for such a time as this. We were born into this world right now for a purpose. Um, so I just want to encourage everyone to just go out and be the light. You know, fight the darkness. And it is a fight right now, you guys. Probably more than it's ever been. It's a fight. Um, but we just have to fight it or nothing's ever going to change. And people need Jesus so much right now. Um, so I just want to encourage us all that, you know, God is still great. He's still on the throne. He sees everything going on and he still has a plan and he's still going to work good for it. Um, you know, the Bible tells us that God works everything together for the good of those who love him. So do we believe that or not? Like we have to stand up and believe that, that God is going to work all this nastiness for the good. And it might be through you guys. So I just want to encourage you to go out and now, be light, be love. Um, so let's just sing about how great he is. O Lord God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the world that have made I see the stars I hear the rolling thunder Thy power throughout The universe display Lift this up, guys. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art! How great Thou art! Then sings my soul.
Father God, we just thank you so much that you are a great Lord. And I pray that we would remember, God, as we look all around, God, at the darkness, that we would remember that it does tremble at your voice, Father. That you're still in control. That you're so great and you're so worthy. So I pray that we would go out of here, God, knowing that and carrying that with us to this broken, lost, this messed up world, God. You're the answer, God. You're always the answer, and you're always enough. You're always so much more than sufficient for every need, God, for every hurt, for every situation. We just thank you that we're all in your hands, God. We're all in your hands, and we just pray to remember how capable you are, and we just pray, God, to go be your love. Thank you, God. I pray that you would open hearts and open ears this morning. And just let your word sink into our hearts. Let us carry it out the door and into the world with us this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, I'm still a little taken back by that, that worship um, this morning. Um, man, how great is our God? Wow, especially when uh, just let it go and, and, and let, him, let him take over. Um, so uh, we have some events coming up. We have mother and son tomorrow. It's Adrenaline Park. There's still time to sign up. So if you're a mom or if you, have some, if you are a woman and you have a young man you want to bring to Adrenaline Park, come on. They would love to have you. Uh, <laughs> Holiday World um, will be the 17th uh, through the 19th. Um, the deadline is next weekend because that is very close. It's hard to believe that that is that close. But... Uh, would, would love uh, if anybody uh, feels led to come, come and uh, hang out with everybody at Holiday World. Yeah, for sure. Um, 10,000 meals. We are going to pack 10,000 meals on September 21st right here at Daniel's Vineyard. So if anybody would like to come and join us, the more hands, the quicker this will go. <laughs> and... Uh, it's really, um, we'll, have it, we'll have it set up. It'll be like a, you know, a factory line. It'll be like an assembly line. And yeah, we'll get it. Henry Ford started it, but we'll, we'll take it over and we'll make it ours. <laughs> um, just a reminder, there is no gathering next weekend. It is Labor Day weekend. So rest, relax, unwind with your family, draw closer uh, to God and draw closer to each other. Um, all this can be found in the gathering guide, by the way. Uh, so I wanted to share a couple things um, this morning, um, so bear with me because um, there's, there's probably more than I should have on here, but this is what I felt led to share with everybody. Um, 
we're going through the Bible in a year uh, together as a church that also can be found in uh, the Gathering Guide as well. Um, and right now we're in the book of Ezekiel. I never thought I would be standing in front of people talking about the Old Testament ever. So here it goes. <laughs> um, we were reading about animals. Um, my old chiropractor told me that we are to be like animals and we are to be stretching constantly. If you ever notice the animal kingdom, they're always stretching. My dogs do it all the time, right? Uh, from physical acts aspect. It keeps me moving, keeps me functioning. As I get a little bit older, it definitely helps, no question. Um, in Ezekiel 1.10, it said that the faces on the cherubim, cherubim looked like this. Each of the four had the face of a human being, and on the right side, each had the face of a lion, and on the left side had the face of of an ox, each also had the face of an eagle. That's from Ezekiel 1.10. Uh, my sister, Jill, who's going through the Word with us uh, this year uh, and has been serving the Lord for 20 years, I'm so blessed to have her as my sister. But this is the first time we're going through the Bible together, and it's so awesome. Um, she shared this application with me, uh, which is from John Kirson. It's called the Application Commentary, and I wanted to share it with you guys because it really spoke volumes to me, especially what, was, what I was going on with that very morning, which was like Thursday morning. Um, so the lion, uh, awesome animal, right? Uh, it speaks of authority. Um, like when Joshua roared in Joshua 24:15, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The ox speaks of humility. Hmm something I definitely need to be more of. It's more humble. In the days of Jesus, a Roman coin depicted an ox with the inscription of for service or sacrifice. These come, there come times in our service to the Lord when we have to say, regardless of whether I am rewarded, applauded, or even acknowledged, I am going to serve the Lord day by day. When others don't acknowledge me or even misunderstand me, Lord, help me to truly be an ox and continue on. The eagle, man, that's, that's my favorite by far. Eagles soar higher than any other living creature. I'm sure most of us know that here. The secret, they know how to catch that thermal wind, the currents that God created. It's also what hang gliders do. Neither hang gliders nor eagles can control the thermal winds, but they can soar higher because of them. Spiritually, we are to do the same. When the Lord wakes us up at 5 a.m. and asks us to spend time looking into his word, or at 5 p.m. when he asks us to go on a walk with him, we have a choice to make. Lord, I hear your voice. I feel the movement, the wind, the breeze of your spirit, and I'm going to spend my, spread my wings, and I'm going to catch it. Or we can say, I'm too busy doing stuff right now, Lord. In John 3, Jesus said the Holy Spirit is like the wind. No man knows where it comes from or where it comes from. Too often, I'm not like the eagle, but more like a hummingbird, flapping my wings a thousand times a minute, trying to make something happen in my own 
energy. Hummingbird-like activity is often indicative of a failure to understand the principle of the thermal. Just quietly but immediately obeying when the Lord calls you to get away with him, be it for a five-minute break or a five-day retreat. Don't take this John's word for it or, or even mine. Get, get alone with God and his word and see what it is that he wants to speak to you today. Let's go in prayer before Kirk comes up. Gracious and heavenly Father, we stand before you as your humble servants. We ask that uh, you usher in and, and do as only you can do, Father. Be with Pastor Kurt as he brings the word to us, Lord. Open our hearts and our minds that we may receive whatever it is you're trying to speak to each one of us this morning. Lord, we love you and we give you this day. Amen. Is my mic working today or not? Otherwise, I'm going to just hold it up with do it a little old school instead of wearing my wireless. That's what we shall do. technology. I love it. I love it. And I also don't at the same time. Good morning. My name is Pastor Kurt. Great to see every single one of you here this morning. There's so many of you that are new and I just want to say welcome. Thank you for being here. Uh, one of the a couple of the things that we just do that are differently here is we want to have our kids here to worship with us. We want them to be in and be involved and be a part of the church and truly just be here with us because there's something beautiful about children worshiping. I don't know if you're listening to the kids around you, hearing them worship along, but it is amazing, and it's something that is just, it touches my heart. I know it touches God, but it also is just us presenting and showing the kids how to worship and letting them be part of it, and it's just a, a great way. Also, there's activity kits handed out for all the young ones. If you want to take notes, color on it, they're going through, and they have the same stories. They're being taught back in Emerge Kids, so kindergarten and below are back in Emerge Kids now. We do need some more volunteers to step up to help with the older kids from first grade to fourth grade so we can expand that. And um, we've got the teachers, we just need the helpers. If you can sit in a room with some kids, that's all we need. We don't need you to teach. We'd love for you to help if you want, but you don't have to. Um, of course, we'll do a background check on you and all that. Not that we have anything to question of any of you around here. Um, but we have that out there. And I just want to just say, again, welcome. If um, this is your first time here, we do everything on the gathering guide, as Ben had mentioned. And you can see up here on the screen behind me um, ways to be able to uh, get the gathering guide. Maybe it's up. Is it not working? Gathering guide. You can get it up there. Um, you can scan this code and text the word hello, uh, which will do it, or you can also just text this number and put in gathering. Uh, we're, we moved to a new texting system, so all of you that have been here many times, this is something new. We're going to move away from our six-digit code or five-digit code, and we're going to this phone number. So go ahead and just scan it. Just hold up your phone. It'll automatically capture it. It'll pop up a text message for you, and it'll send hello. You don't have to do anything else. And then you can type gathering one more time after that. After that, then it'll reply back with our links, and you can go out and grab our gathering guide. That's going to have all the notes that Ben was mentioning, ways to sign up. I'm going to have some of the sermon notes that we're going over today. 
But what is pretty cool about this, um, what is pretty cool about everything, thank you, Brian. He got it fixed, so I don't have to hold the mic all. I'll give you a round of applause. Um, anyway, what's so beautiful about this texting thing is I'm, it's really intuitive. So if you type gathering, if you type events, if you type location, if you type beliefs, back to that number, it's going to reply back with links specifically, but it's also a person behind it that's going to reply back to you later. Um, and so there's different ways, and at the end, you're going to get the opportunity to hit pray for, type pray for, and it will go into our system, and we will pray for you, and we'll let you know when we pray for you. Uh, just, just a different way. Some people don't want to come up for prayer, so this is a way for you to ask for prayer. Um, and it's just an awesome little tool that I came across and I wanted to share with you all. As um, Ben was mentioning, next weekend, don't show up. We're not going to be here. We will not be here. This place will be empty. Well, there's going to be other events, but we can't be here next weekend. So take it off Labor Day. Go have a cookout. Just enjoy time of rest with your family. Get out in nature. Enjoy the world, um, this beautiful world that God has created. We'll be back here the following weekend on the 12th, but then on the 19th, we're gone again. Um, there's multiple events that are going on here in this facility that are keeping us from being here, and that's why we're in and out, in and out. And so um, the 17th through the 19th, there's still time if you want to join us. We have 42 people that are camping right now, uh, and it's going to be an awesome time. Friday night, Saturday night camping. We're going to go to Holiday World on Saturday to the park uh, from 9 a.m. to about 6 p.m. Uh, this is the last weekend for the water park there. Yay! Water park. The water park is the, one of the best parts. There's rides for kids of all ages. I went to Santa Claus, Indiana when I was a wee little one, and it is an awesome little place to go. So it's going to be so much fun. Uh, would love for you guys to be on there. We need to buy tickets by next Monday at the latest, so I can get a $25 ticket discount for each of you. So you can see the links in there. Click it, purchase, and then I'll go and purchase the tickets and get everybody. You don't have to camp if you don't want to. There's only a few spots left, um, but you can definitely show up on Saturday and have some fun. And then we're going to have, have a meal afterwards in the campground if you want to join us. So it's a, it'll be a great time to be able to do that. And then back here on the 26th, we will be here, but we're going to be outside. So if you do, make sure you're going to be back here again. Definitely make sure you text the word hello um, into it so we can tell you if we're going to be here or not or follow us on social media um, because... I don't know what the weather's going to be. I don't have that crystal ball. If I did, I would have a lot of money right now, right? I'm just kidding. Um, anyway, we just finished a sermon series of Fighting the Good Fight. Today, we're moving forward into a new one. We're continuing down through the New Testament, and we will be done in not too long. We're going to be going through Acts uh, and Jude and a few other books in between. And it's just a time for us to be able to take a look at how we can finish strong. And that's what this whole sermon series is entitled Finishing Strong. Um, and there's just multiple things in our lives where we need to finish strong. And so today we're talking about speaking in all circumstances. And I just love how God was speaking through Lori and through Ben. Everything that they mentioned, they didn't know what the message was today. They didn't know the title or anything. But everything that they brought up is, is falling right in line with what we're going to talk about today. I just love how the Holy Spirit works in that way. It is amazing. Um, and it's just, I, I get blown away each and, each and every week. So we're here in Acts 26. If you haven't got the gathering guide, you can also scan that link again. Um, and it'll take you to the Bible app or to a web if you don't have it. And you can take a look at the notes so you can see the scripture if you didn't bring your Bible. 
But I prefer that you bring a Bible and open it up. I love to hear those pages turn. I don't know about you guys, but early in the morning, I turn pages of the Bible, have a cup of coffee, and my world is set straight. I've had my time with Jesus. Everybody needs that, and that's what I love and need as well. All right, so we're in Acts 26. I'm kind of skipping through Acts. So chapters 24 and 25 is Paul's great monologue of his history, his travels, his journey towards Rome, how he's been telling everyone and pointing everyone towards Jesus, his missionary journey. And he's just leading it down, leading everyone down through there with his different pit spots, pit stops, excuse me, pit stops, um, that he's guided by the Holy Spirit. And the reading today just makes me think about what we've been seeing in the news, kind of what Lori was mentioning earlier. You know, I'm sure you've heard of the situation in Afghanistan. You know, uh, prayers for the families, the U.S. soldiers that were impacted, for those innocent civilians that were impacted as well. There's so many things that are going on in this world right now. And it's challenging, challenging to say the least. We even have another hurricane coming on. We had the earthquake in Haiti. And, you know, as Lori has mentioned, things are just chaotic. And um, it's just one of those things that is just on the front of our mind in the midst of everything. And so we, what we see here is Paul kind of going through some of these similar situations and, and walking into and talking to people and leading them through and talking and giving his testimony. He's speaking in all circumstances. He has the ability to go and speak in challenging situations. You know, I was reminded of Meg. I don't know if many of you remember Meg, but Meg came and joined us one evening in our living room and shared her story. And then she came and she shared at the end of the Amazing Race, our youth conference that we had. And she is a missionary and she has a heart to be in Asia. And um, she's been out there serving. She came back. She was trying to raise some funds. And she came back and shared the testimonies about how God was working in and through and how the Word of God is not allowed to be out in public, right? If they have anything on their phone, it's confiscated. They can't have the written word in the areas that she was in. And so these Chinese people were, and all the other believers alike, were all memorizing scripture and then happened to throw it away. And so they had this great love and, um, for the scripture in the middle of it. And so they were just, she was sharing these testimonies of people be, coming to Christ and people just sitting there and speaking in all circumstances. Like she would be able to meet with somebody, but she'd have to watch where she's sitting because people were watching and people would report and then she'd get turned in because they would say she's a missionary and then she'd get exported um, back to the U.S. And so it's an opportunity to speak in all circumstances, to share the good news with those that are lost, those that are hurt, those that are broken. You know, across the world, there's this push to rid Christianity, right? Just across the world, there's persecution. It's starting to hit harder and harder towards home. We're seeing it. We see it in Afghanistan. I don't know if you saw the news on that, but they're targeting Christians. They're targeting pastors, saying, we're coming for you next. But the pastors and the Christians are standing strong in the middle of it. They're going through all kinds of issues, and they stand strong. But we're here in the U.S. We have this freedom to freely speak, yet we don't do it sometimes. We have the freedom to share the good news, the gospel, yet we don't do it sometimes. Right? If you, just one thing I want you to kind of think of before we get going a little bit further is just, like, think about the last time you shared the good news with somebody. Think about the last time you shared your testimony of why you put your hope in Jesus. Think about the last time that you shared the gospel with somebody. 
And while you're doing that, if you can't think of the last time, now's the opportunity to write down three names of somebody that you can be praying for to be able to go and share the good news. I'll give you a little structure on how you can build your testimony, how you can share your story. I'll walk through mine quickly towards the end. Um, but I just want to make sure that you guys have that. And I'll also provide another tool later in this week of different ways that you can share the gospel. Um, and it's just, it's just an, a great way for you to be able to do it. So let's go ahead. Before I get going, keep talking any further, I want to read the Word of God. Open up Acts 26 with me, please. Uh, we're going to read verses 12, maybe through 32. We'll see where I stop. Um, but this is where I said we were going through. We've got Paul. He's given his testimony. He's being pulled in front of the royalty, for lack of better words. He's coming to share his testimony. So here in Acts 26, verse 12 is where I'm starting. And I'm reading from NIV today. On one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. About noon, O king, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Then I asked, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. The Lord replied, Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen of me and what I will show you. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them. I underline this right here. I am sending you to them to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. See, Paul's sharing his testimony right here, telling about his journey. And he's leaving it there. Now, verse 19. So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven, first to, to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and to the Gentiles also. I preached so that they should repent and turn to God and prove their repentance by their deeds. This is why the Jews seized me in the temple courts and tried to kill me. But I have had God's help to this very day. And so I stand here and testify to small and great alike. I am nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses, I said nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses said would happen. That the Christ would suffer and as the first to rise from the dead would proclaim light to his own people and to the Gentiles. Again, he's pointing them back to the gospel story. This is the, one of the clearest pictures of the gospel story between Acts and Luke. Verse 24. I'm, I'm going to stop here at 29. Uh, at this point, Festus interrupted Paul, uh, Paul's defense. You are out of your mind, Paul, he shouted. Your great learning is driving you insane. <laughs> kind of funny, isn't it? He's trying to dissuade him, trying to stop him, trying to stop him in his tracks in the midst of his testimony, in the midst of preaching the gospel. Verse 25, he says, I am not insane, most excellent Festus, Paul replied. What I am saying is true and reasonable. The king is familiar with these things, and I can speak freely to him. I am convinced that none of this has escaped his notice because it was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do. I love that. I love that. He's saying, I know you believe. Verse 28, then Agrippa said to Paul, do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? That's another one I underline. 
Finally, as I'm stopping here, uh, verse 29. Paul replied, short time or long, I pray to God that not only you, but all who are listening to me today may become what I am except for these chains. You see, this is Paul's big speech right before Festus and Agrippa. It eclipses all of everything that Paul's done to this time. Everything in Jerusalem and all these stories that you can see from Acts 21 all the way up to where we are here in 26. But it's such a fitting conclusion to his story and to his mission and to why he was called on earth and how and he's just sharing the good news and sharing his testimony in the midst of it. The speech is the most clearly articulated summary of the good news of salvation. It's one that you can get pointed back to yourself. It's very clear and it's laid out. You know, at the heart of Paul's proclamation, we see that the risen Christ is actively on mission, right? Giving salvation blessings to the Jews and the nations and the Gentiles. So let's go back to the beginning of this just to take some notes. You'll see in the notes laid out, take a look at some of these characters that are in here. Maybe some of these characters apply to you. Maybe some of these characters you see um, would just impact you. First, we have Paul and the chief priests and Jewish leaders, or also known as the Jews. Then you have Festus, King Agrippa, and Bernice. So I'll go through. We all know who Paul is. Paul gives his testimony in such a beautiful way, right? To pull it all together, Paul shares his, his testimony, his story of his past from Damascus to where he is, his Damascus Road experience. He shares it beautifully about what he was doing before and now what he's doing after. And so we have that right there. Then we have the chief priests and the Jewish leaders. And most of the times they're mentioned as the Jews. They were against him. They were trying to dissuade him, trying to stop him. They had brought him before the judges. They had brought, them, brought Paul to try to stop the way, is what they call it, Christianity. They were trying to stop the way. Next you have is Festus. We see that Paul is taken right to Festus. So who's Festus? It's Portius Festus is his name. He succeeded Felix as a governor in Caesarea. And that's where he was. And he was well accustomed with all the Jewish rules and regulations. And so it's kind of interesting that he's there to be able to help to judge. And that's why the Jewish leaders brought him there. Because they were like, you're on our side. Stand up for us. And then finally we meet King Agrippa and Bernice. And you see King Agrippa and is actually Herod Agrippa II. If you want to go back into history, that's where you're going to find him. Herod Agrippa II. He's the son of Herod Agrippa the first. Thank you. Somebody answered me. Um, and so you can see that all the way back into Acts 12. You can see in there where he ordered James was killed and planned to do the same with Peter until God showed up and stopped it. So King Agrippa is on equal playing field with Festus. Like they're ruling and where they are, they're counterparts. And so that's why Festus had brought King Agrippa in. And then Bernice, that's King Agrippa's sister. I thought that was interesting when I started digging down into it. I didn't realize that it was his sister. Uh, and the two of them are working together. So you have Agrippa, and his name means hero-like. And then you have Bernice, which means brings victory. You see, maybe their names play history in their lives. Maybe they, their names bring with them some of those weights. You know, what I do know is that words that are spoken over us by those that we love, those that we cherish, those that we follow, those are words that carry through from days to weeks to years to generations. So with the title of hero-like, maybe he's feeling like he's not quite enough. With the title of brings victory, maybe she's feeling encouraged. 
it just made me think about when I was reading through and thinking about testimony and, and laying out the story as to how words impact our lives, how words can encourage us or dissuade us, how they just run as a banner across your forehead most of the time, right? Words that are spoken over others, um, by others over you. And it's the power of words. Okay, you have the who's, well, most of them, right, that are mentioned. And now let's go to the where. This is uh, toward the ends of Acts 25. You see the King Agrippa and Bernice request to hear more of Paul's story because they're in being entertained by Festus. And Festus is like, oh, let's just bring him in. Let's have a little show. So they put on a little pomp and circumstance, bring everybody in, all the royal guard, all the high-ranking officials in the greater area, bringing them in. And I just envision them rolling out the red carpet, right? Just rolling it out and saying, here you go. We're going to put him on stage and we're going to roast him. They're going to roast Paul. But the stage is now set. You see, that's what God has done right there, right? Paul is a humble servant. He's walking in the Spirit. He's trusting. He's following. And he's sitting behind and before the high-ranking officials, able to give his testimony, to share. He's facing a trial that's an epic one to fight, and he doesn't feel equipped, but yet he's trusting, and he's walking into it. He's sitting in front of all these people, the kings and rulers, people at the top of the food chain, right? So now let's look at the last three things. There's three things that you see here as we're relating back to speaking in all circumstances. It can be applied to your daily life. It can be applied to your testimony, which is the angle we're going to look at it today. But it's ways that we can speak in all circumstances, to speak in boldness, to be ready and prepared. And they're simple little things. You saw them when, you, when I read through it. It's not earth-shaking news that I'm going to share. But the three are prayer, listen, and testimony. Prayer, listen, and testimony. So these three items are the ideal way to approach speaking in all circumstances. Prayer, listen, and testimony. You're going to find them in verses 22, and you're going to find them in verses 29. So if you want to look at that and flip around, you can. Um, we're going to start in verse 29 for the first two, and then we'll finish in verse 22. So verse 29 is where you see the first one of prayer. And so when I was looking through, I was looking at how the Greek is translating each of these words and thinking about how it applies to us and how English words sometimes mess up everything in the middle of it. And, and right in verse 29, it says, Paul replied, short time or long, I pray to God that not only you, but all who are listening to me today may become what I am except for these change. And so he's using this word pray, which you can see in Greek up behind me, which is eukomai, eukomai, sorry which means pray or pray for. It is specific. It is direct because we're supposed to pray in all situations, right? We're supposed to pray in all areas of our life. And it's a great way to put us because in the English language, it makes it a little lax in saying, I pray to God. But if you look at it in Greek, if you look at it the way that it says, he's saying that you should be truly praying for them and not just speaking the words, but truly doing it, truly praying for them and praying for their salvation. Because that's what we should be doing, is we should be praying for those to have a salvation impact, to change their lives, to walk into a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, that's why we have on the bottom the sermon notes, if you scroll down to the bottom, it's, I ask you to list out people that you're praying for, people that you're praying for that are far from God. To have those focused prayers 
and focused right in towards each and every single one of them. So you can be praying for them that God will create that opportunity, the situation that you can share the good news with them or truly just be there for them. Because it starts with that, right? They have to know that you care. So when we're praying for someone, it brings us closer to them on a physical level, you know, mental level, but also on a spiritual level when we're praying for them and praying for their salvation. Next we have is listen. I'm going to kind of go through this one really fast too. Um, and then we'll go a little bit more into testimony. So verse 29, you can see um, where it says, I pray to God that not only you, but all who are listening to. And so you can see the word up here behind me, akul, which means hear, or be able to hear, to receive news, to pay attention. What else does it say? It says understand or to hear a legal case. And you see, we can hear things or listen, but we're not listening I'll be honest. There's times that I'm listening, but I'm truly not listening. I'm just surface level. I can hear. I'm already anticipating what you're going to say. I'm already three miles ahead of you. My brain works that way. Sometimes I have to stop it because I already hear this whole conversation that you're going to have. I'm already jumping to a conclusion I shouldn't. I confess. I do that often. I try not to. Um, But when you're praying, when you're truly listening, you're going to be able to pay special attention. It's an active sense of the word. So when you're praying for somebody, you're lifting them up, then you're going to be listening, listening to the conversations, listening to the Holy Spirit, listening to everything that's happening around and being congruent and walking along the side of them. You know, when I listen to someone, when I'm truly listening, I listen to their tone. I listen to their inflection. I look in their eyes, I, I hear, I see, I slow down, I listen to their delivery because they're going to have something that's in, laying in between it, and I'm praying as I'm listening. And there's multiple ways to be able to listen. Is there a uh, comic that I jumped over, Nora? Here's one that's perfect, I can't read it out. And without turning around, it says, so how long were you employed in your last job? I'd say my biggest weakness is my listening skills. You know, that's, that's me, like to a T. I'm already anticipating the next question before listening truly what's coming out of that person's mouth. And that one hit me earlier today when I saw it. I'm like, oh, I'll throw that in there. I forgot I had it in my notes. But that is us to a T. Like, we're listening, but we're not. We're ready to jump into the next thing before truly listening. So we've got pray, we've got listen. And um, we'll go on into testimony. Verse 22 is the final one. And we'll spend just a little bit more time on it. Um, so just bear with me as I kind of go down through this. But, you know, when you look at verse 22, it says, But God has helped me to this very day, so I stand here and testify, and testify to small and great alike. I'm saying nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses said would happen. And the word here is a hard one to say, but it's a martyr. martyr Marturduromai. I can't even say it. I tried it. I practiced it just yesterday. I couldn't get it. Practiced this morning. Still wasn't working, so I'm just going to butcher it right here in front of every one of you. Um, But it means to testify, to insist, to be before, and to continue. But what do you see in that word? What do you see? The first one, two, three, four, five, six letters. What word do you see there? Martyr. You see, that's a beautiful word here that in, in Greek that's laid out. It's calling us to witness, to testify, to, to be a testimony. 
But when you look at it, it says martyr. What's the definition of martyr? In the next slide, you'll see it. And that's a person who is killed because of their religious or other beliefs. It's interesting how this word is the root of the Greek word that Paul is using, isn't it? Like, he's sharing his testimony with the potential of losing his life. And that's truly what he was. That's why that word is used. He was standing before them, and then he's facing his trial to go to his ultimate death because that's what is going to end up happening with Paul. He is standing up there to be a martyr, to share the good news, and point people right back to Jesus. You see, Paul's on a mission for God. He's, he's being obedient. He's following Jesus, if, even if it leads him from mountaintops to valleys and ultimately his death. Paul had many spiritual highs and he had many spiritual lows along this, right? He's going up and down and all around. He had many opportunities along the way, but none of them matched to where he is right now and standing in front of everyone and sharing the good news. You see, those Jews, they thought they had this one in the bag, didn't they? They thought, man, we're going to put him right here. He's going to be persecuted. He's going to be taken down. But Paul, he just laid it on pretty thick. He was ready to share. He was ready to provide that compelling story, this compelling story of Jesus Christ, to pull them on the right side. You know, Paul presented a variety of proofs that everyone should just see and to witness and to hear. Paul had a life-changing encounter with the Lord, right? He had a life-changing experience on the road to Damascus. And this is Paul's second time telling his story and, and the third account of his experience. But this is the one in the most detail here in Acts. You see, this retelling in its own way emphasizes the encounter was personal. It impacted him. He was sharing it so that he could use his personal story to impact others. And that's what a testimony is. So as, as we go on through here, I want to show, share just testimony format for those of you to be able to share and it's a B-C-T-J-A-C format. B-C is before Christ. It's a there was a time when type of a story. There was a time in my life when. And then the next one is T-J, then Jesus. And then I met Jesus. And then you have A-C, or after Christ. And that's what we saw Paul doing and sharing this story. We saw Paul sharing his testimony and so he was just laying it out before. He was, he was going through. And so maybe I, I, I would say for me, you know, before Christ, there was a time in my life that I had gone to church all my life. I was in church from the day I was born all the way to now. Very rarely would I miss a Sunday. Everything was planned around Sundays. I was always there. I was there in school, and I thought I had everything memorized. I had all the head knowledge, but it never made it to my heart. I thought I could do it all in my own power. And then one winter my grandfather died of cancer and I was reeling. My grandpa Jerry went in the hospital thinking he'd come out three days later and he died. And I was just at the bottom. And then three days later, one of my best friends was killed in a drunk driving accident. And it was just at a time that I was at my lowest. I couldn't, I couldn't understand it, couldn't comprehend it. I was struggling. But then Jesus was presented in a new light to me. Jesus was presented, the gospel was presented in a way that I'd never seen it, never heard it before when I was sitting in that church. That pastor, Pastor Shan Sheridan, shared the good news to all of these high schoolers, just like myself, that all thought we knew where we were going. And he challenged us. He's like, do you truly know Jesus? And he challenged us to a way and to a point that we just couldn't not give our lives to Christ and to trust
And then there's after Christ. After accepting Jesus, my life was completely changed. The Bible became alive. God was showing up. My heart was softened. And I could go on and on. But that's, that's like my testimony in a, a short period of time. And that's, that's what I want you all to be able to share. When you have the opportunity to share the good news, if you've never done that, I want you to be able to share your story. So let's go to, back to Paul's testimony real quick. It's, Paul is a spirit-filled preaching. He was well aware of the path that the apostle had led him down. You know, the king Agrippa was well aware that Paul was leading him down that path. And slightly embarrassed in a sophisticated, dismissive way, he says, do you think you can persuade me to become a Christian so quickly? You see, Agrippa thought only in terms of human persuasion. But Paul knew that the conversion is God's work. So ultimately, if you share the good news, you're not ultimately going to have someone that's going to give their life to Christ. You're planting a seed. If you're inviting someone into church, if you're showing them God's love, you're just planting seeds. There will be a harvest at some point in time. You'll see someone give their life to Christ. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to be your first time. First time, a couple times, you can probably fumble through it. But keep being consistent. Keep doing it. Keep pointing others to who you have your hope in, who you have your trust in. And just keep going. You see, there's so many people that are longing, searching, lost. They see the news, they see the headlines, and they start reeling. You know, we have the Google Ads thing that um, people will reach out to us, reach out to our church for prayer. The stories that I hear, the people that are lost, that are hurting, it's unbelievable. They want to hear the good news. They need to hear the good news. They need to have a relationship with Christ and we're the ones to do it. We're the ones to be his hands and feet in the middle of it. You see, God won't give us all a big stage like Paul, right? He's not going to give us a big stage. He's not going to give us the opportunity to be on stage. Not all of us. Some of us will. But all of us coming back to the personal relationship, sitting across the table with someone, sitting in a coffee shop, just talking, sitting in a lunchroom at a break. You can share it. We're all called to speak in all circumstances. How can we point everyone to anyone in every situation? Point them right back to Jesus. We want to continue to think about that. We won't have the stage. We won't have staged moments. But we need to be prepared. And when you look back at Paul's testimony, that we're clearly pointed right back to Jesus in the middle of that, aren't we? And that's what we're doing. And that's what we're called to. We're to be in prayer for the lost, for us to share the good news. You know, if you need prayer for anything, come see me and see Ben anyone else sitting in the rows beside you. We're all qualified to pray for each person, every single one of us. Don't do life alone. Don't sit in your struggles alone. If you have something, come to somebody, ask for prayer, share. Uh, if you put up the number again, prayer requests. If you wanted to go ahead and just send a prayer request, here's a way to do it with our number. You can just type in that number. You already got it. Make sure you save it in as Emerge Church. And you say, I want prayer for, and then put whatever it is. Or pray for, and insert the blank. Type it out however you want. It will put into our, it will put us right in. We'll pray for you, and we'll lift you up. Guys, the days are getting darker. They're getting shorter. Sometimes they're getting longer, depending on which way you want to look at it. And the news is crazy. The world desperately needs to hear Jesus. And we are his hands and feet to be able to give that good news to those around us. To help them to have the hope. They desperately need us. They desperately need us to be walking around, to be bold in all circumstances, 
to hold our heads high and to rest knowing where we put our hope in. We put our hope in Jesus. The world needs to see that through you and I, and they need to see our smile too. Nothing worse than a Christian that's not walking around with a smile most of the time. Yeah, I love Jesus. He's my Savior. Come on! We need to smile. We need to love. We, we need to light, be light in this darkness. We need to be the city on the hill, right? Light on the hill. We need to be the light in this dark world. Let's go to prayer. Father God, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for this time together. Thank you for this opportunity to see in your scripture the boldness of Paul to be able to share your good news in front of these high-ranking officials and for him to be able to just point everyone back to you and for us just to read these stories, just to see where you are in his life and just reapply that to our lives. Father, each one of us are in different areas of our spiritual journey and, and direction. And Father, you're, you're doing something different in each and every one of us. So God, I just ask you that you meet us where we are. You always do. Help us to keep our eyes pointed on you. Help us to come into a closer relationship with you. Maybe our next step is prayer. Maybe our next step is opening up the Bible. Maybe it's giving our lives to you. God, you know each and every one of us. You love us. You care for us. You love for those, have a great love for those that are lost. And you've given us the tools to be able to go out and reach this hurt and broken world. So God, give us the boldness. Give us the courage speak through us. Let us slow down. Let us be in prayer for all situations. Let us listen to what's going on in our lives and around our lives and every person. And Father, I just ask that you help us just to share your good news to all those around us. Father, I just want to lift up to you all the families that are impacted from the soldiers that were killed in Afghanistan and the fam innocent Afghanistan families around there. Father, the, the families are hurting. They're broken. The, the world is is hearing and reeling from different things like this. God, just ask that you just let your peace that surpasses all understanding. I lift up to you, Pastor Rusty. He just lost his brother, and he, he had to go to another um, lost life of a person too young, and, and our good friends, the Randalls, losing a son. God, I just ask that you would be with each of these families that are hurting, that are broken, Father. Yes, most of them have their hope and their faith in you, but they're also hurting and reeling, and so God, just meet them where they are. Father, I lift up to you those that are in the path of Hurricane Ida, the, the, those that have been, just suffered from other natural disasters. God, send your people to give them that hope, and we just say thank you. God, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, thank you for joining us today. Um, be, free, uh, be sure to sign up for all the events, Mother, Son, and um, outside of that, we will not see you next weekend. We'll see you on September 12th, and uh, follow us on social media. We'll keep you updated on that as well. Thanks, guys. Have a great week.